I am in beautiful Pasadena, California. I'm in my my office, and I have my studio back there. My wife has a space where she does her thing over there. And yeah, man, just you know, our daughter's in school, just finishing up finals today. She texted us that she's doing well today, and um, it's all good. That's happening, man. That's awesome. That's super exciting. Hey, like uh, you know, wrapping up The, the, the year. The simple stuff is the best, man. As you get older, it's just the best. Yeah. It's true. Hey, man, rock and roll and family and uh, and all that stuff, you know, and friends. I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed. See, all my Australian, all my Australian platinum records are over there. There's a little one. Oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that! Yeah. I mean, look, Austin. we've had we've had a very long relationship with Everclear down here. Like, we love you guys. From the beginning, man, you guys picked up on Sparkle and Fade, and then when we put out World of Noise, you guys picked up on that, and then Afterglow. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wonderful relationship, and we there was a hiatus where we didn't come down there mm. for a while, and then we started coming down there, and man, since 2013, we've been down there every almost every other year since then, um, ex- except uh, because of COVID, you know. Yeah, yeah, the thing. Yeah, the thing. The, the thing, thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, we, we almost got stuck in Australia because the last tour we were, we did the Hotter Than Hell tour in 2020. Hey, and uh, in February. And we left four days before they shut everything down there. Man, how was the vibe then? Because I know I know for us down here it was it was super intense, like watching the rest of the world. We thought, oh, we'll be fine. We're all like no one cares about Australia. And then everything happened. How was the vibe onto that tour? Well, the vibe on the tour was great because no one was really talking COVID till pretty much the end of it. Like when it started, we were still dealing with the fires, remember? Yeah, you guys were yeah, on yeah, fire yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember our first show, I think, was in Canberra. And uh, at night, out the window, you could see, like, like miles away, just glow, just red glow, and then red glow, you know? And it was, like, it's kind of scary. Yeah, man. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, we were in, and plus, we were doing a tour called Hotter Than Hell in the midst of all those fires. I thought it was going to be bad luck. But... uh, It's, it, it did okay. That tour did really well. And um, yeah, so we're coming back and we're doing 17 dates. Man, it's insane. Nobody does that. Like bands will come in and they'll do three shows and sometimes they'll skip us up here and then they'll just leave and they won't come back for like 10 years. Why? We usually do five to six dates, maybe seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know every, the one place we... You know, you either make it to Adelaide. If you go to Adelaide, you're probably going to Perth. But if you don't go to Adelaide, then you might not go to Perth because it's a long ways away. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like flying to the other end of, of the United States. And uh, it's, uh, but this time we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're starting in Brisbane and then we're doing four, four dates around there and then down to uh, Melbourne and five dates around there and then up to uh, Sydney. Or maybe it's backwards. I don't know. <laughs> then, then, then we hit Adelaide and Perth and all that good stuff. Man, and it's a lot of a lot of names I can't even pronounce. So I'm not even gonna try. 
it's it's exciting. It's exciting for everyone that's going to get the chance that usually wouldn't get the chance as well. Like who who came up with this crazy idea to do that many dates at the arts end of the world and give everyone the chance to experience Everclear Live? Well, I don't consider it the arts end of the world. I consider it one of the best places in the world uh, because <laughs> they, you guys actually like American people and American culture. You know, you're one of the few places in this world that do. And so, uh, as an American band, I'm 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 happy with that. Um, you know, I mean, we did we did 16 dates last time. We did four of the uh, hotter than hell festivals, yeah. And then we did three dates around each one, and then that seemed to work really well. And um, our our agent and promoter and and uh, the people that put on hotter than hell own a bunch of clubs and they're promoters as well. So they're going in on it and uh, they felt strong about it. And the first three weeks of sales have been, I'm told pretty great. Yeah. So it looks like we're going to do well down there. Man. Can't wait. And it's going to be wait. some rock and roll. Bring, bring all the rock and roll, mate. We need it to kick off the new year. That's for sure. But you've been celebrating uh world of noise 30th anniversary, which is uh, incredible. Um, and the, the remaster sounds amazing, dude. I've been cranking it. Thank you. Like, so uh, much better, dude. So oh, much better. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I have the original CD, too. Back in. Yeah. Like, but you have what you <laughs> have is not the original. You have the capital, the oh. capital remaster that came out in 94. The original um, CD that was made, no one has that. And it didn't come on vinyl or cassette. There was only 500 made by Tim Kerr. And, uh, I mean, I don't even have one of those. And that mastering's better, but it's not as good as this. But it's better than the one in, in, that came out in 94. And uh, that was, uh, they did that without even telling me. And I almost sued them because they wow. didn't have the right to do that. But I'm like, whatever. I had bigger fish to fry. You know, we were working on, on. Uh, I was just trying to finish up Sparkle and Fade. So I'm like, you know, my my manager, not my manager, but my NR guy at the time was like, pick your battles, man. What's more important? This album or the first major level record? And I'm like, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sparkle and Fade, we wouldn't we wouldn't be talking if it wasn't for Sparkle and Fade. Oh you know? man. That was the album down there that, that blew it wide open for us. So um yeah, I we had never seen anything like when we came to Australia the first time, there was 500 people at, at Sydney airport waiting for us with signs and pictures of us. And it was crazy. It might've been more than 500. It was a crowd. That's and a it was just like, Oh, so this is what it feels like. Okay. That's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> that album, that album is very, very important to me. Like I remember, I don't know your music. There's certain times in my life that I, I can relate to it very deeply and I've got very fond memories and and it's evolved over the years too like what like musically and lyrically like when I was young I, re I remember I was I was went skating with my high school girlfriend and Santa Monica was on the on the stereo and then you know and I just listen to that album like so much and then when I got married and I got divorced the the songs took on a whole new meaning for me yeah. and helped me through that. And is it, when you go back and listen to those, those tunes, do they, 
have they evolved their meeting for you as well? Like, do you see them in different light? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I also remember where I was emotionally and um, spiritually mm. inside of me when I wrote those songs. So I'm still connected to that. But, yeah, I have different perspectives on everything. It's And that's the sign of a good song, that it holds yeah. up to time because it moves with you. You know, you listen to a lot of songs that you grew up with as a kid, and you're probably like, eh. It's fun, but it's one. It's more one-dimensional than I am now. Yeah, because you're multi. You're hopefully you're more multi-dimensional than you were when you were fourteen or fifteen, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, some people don't aren't, but you know, God bless them. But you know, most people move on to other things. That's why a lot of people stop listening to the music they used to listen to, mm. and we get a lot of people that have come back, and a lot of people that bring their kids in into Everclear now and that connects with them as well, which is amazing seeing it hit teenagers in early twenties. And, and then you've got people in their forties and even fifties, you know, and um, it's, I just feel blessed that, that I've been able to make that kind of music, make that impact with people, both on them and, and to myself, because you were talking about how, you it that you grew up with those records so did i you know yeah yeah those were learning and growing experiences for me as well there's no there's no college you go to that teaches you how to make a rock a rock and roll record you do it and but hey man rock and roll is a college or universities we call it here it teaches you yeah but but that's the thing you can't teach that you can teach some things you can teach how to push the button, how to where to put the mics, you can learn that. But also a lot of that stuff is intrinsic well as yep. well of like how it feels and how it sounds. And that's why people who are really good at it have a lot of demand because it's it's something that you really can't do. It's like writing songs. You can learn how to phrase a song and, and build a song from a diagram, right? Yeah. You can listen to one of my songs and go, okay, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, verse, verse, B section, whatever. But that doesn't teach you how to write a song. You have to have it. It doesn't teach you how to come up with a melody. It doesn't teach you how to put things together in a way that sounds like you. That's just, you learn it. That's right. You learn it. And nobody sounds like you. Because there's not, like, out of all the rock bands out there, especially at that time, everyone was, they were mumble singing and they were, the grunge thing was, but Everclear came out and was just such a, just straight through. You cut through all that noise and sound, you, you sounded like yourself. And that's why I think it resonated with so much, especially down here. Everyone was a grunge band, you know what I mean, at that time. Yeah, yeah. and, and I mean... We had some of that coming from Portland, Oregon. We had some of that mm. kind of swagger, you know, that metal punk swagger. We were more into the punk than the, you know, like the Seattle heavy grunge thing. But there was some of that, especially in the earlier stuff, because I liked it. I liked some of it, but some of it, you know, I I never wanted to make the same album twice. My job that I felt as a as a writer, as a creative person, was to create music 
that sounded different from song to song, mm. but always sounded like Everclear. That's right. Whatever that is. And having a, having a voice, having a band with a voice that's a definitive voice. I don't have a great voice, but you know it sounds like me. You know, and that's that's what I've always tried to achieve. You know, my favorite singers and guitar players are you now like people in the Pixies and and Neil Young and mm. you know, not not classically trained singers. Even though I like some of those bands, I like I love Queen, I love Zeppelin, mm. but that's not what I that that was me. You know. More more punk and, and rock and roll in there. That's why I think it, it Man, you know. I, I'm just man, I'm sixty years old and I just love the rock and roll. I still love rock and roll. Like hard, fast, grungy, just grimy, dirty rock and roll. I love it. It's the best thing. It's the best thing in the world. But hey, this is something I did want to ask you. I mean, you've re- okay. recently released uh the Year of the Tiger single, which is great. Love how heavy it is, but you know, it's a albums done. Are you done with albums, or is it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. For now, I like doing the singles. We're I'm writing another song right now. We're going to record it in January. It won't be out till June, hmm. but um, I uh, I I like recording a couple singles a year, doing little videos for it. You know, super serving the fans. I'm not trying to, you know. Re- recreate the wheel here i'm not trying to like think that uh you know we're going to sell millions of records we're not but we can take care of the people that have stuck faithfully with us and and i love being creative i just when you make an album it goes from being creative to creating product yes and there's like especially when you're in, in, on a major label you're like, you feel like you're on this carousel, you're on this treadmill of like, write, record, produce, tour, what, write, and then repeat, you know, <laughs> repeat yeah. and repeat and repeat. And there's only so much grist for the mill when you're not out living life and doing things and making good decisions, making bad decisions that, that gives you stuff to write about. What's your thoughts on AI starting to to take over the art form now? Like, I think it's only a time before Did it starts say, writing songs, you know? You say AI? Yeah, artificial intelligence making art now. And it's like, it's only a matter of time before people are running things through the thing and, and writing songs that way. I'm I'm a little worried about it personally. I feel like... What are you worried, uh, what are you worried about? I guess losing the soul and, and people's personal expression instead of just the throwing it out and letting the, you know, the robot out in the sky do it all, I guess. Brother, have you listened to possible, have you listened to um, contemporary radio? I think, I think we're already there. Ah, uh, true. I, that's probably why, because I stay away from, it. I usually listen to. Uh... <laughs> the... So if, the, if that's a given, I mean, it, it might get worse, but that doesn't mean you're going to listen to it. it doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to listen to it. I mean, it is what it is. It's, 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 it's like this, you know, soporific for, for the masses, you know, it's, it's an opiate for the masses. Mm. When, when you're talking about trying, 
to make music that's like those guys who are songwriters like okay we got to go to the fifth and then and then uh then do this and then do this and we need a vocal um melody that does this and this and this because that's what resonates with the most people right now and i'm like wow that's fucking boring yeah <laughs> one to do and sad and uh i'm one no part of it but it seems to work but that's why you have um producers you know like they're they're constantly making records but artists are kind of coming and going it's kind of like the 50s in a way you know where you have a lot of really like mm. one hit wonders and um but it all sounds the same to me like pop music what they call alternative uh even rock country hip-hop they're all arranged and the vocals all sound similar yeah it's just like you know press play and there you go and well, at least we still have amazing songwriters like you who are you know bringing the real honest stuff from the heart and that's that that was my point i guess you know we'll always i don't want to see that always, we'll always think, yeah always I think the kids are starting to catch on to that. I think yeah. that's back around where I think maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're just on the cusp of, of the next rock and roll revolution where the next, gonna... the, new, the new Nirvana. Been no. saying that for a while. Oh, not the new Nirvana. How about the new Slayer? Let's have a new Slayer. So <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, I, I was never a Slayer fan. I was. I go older as far as my metal goes. I go Black Sabbath. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's that's where I go. Because I'm I'm older, but I, uh, I do like Slayer. I, I like I like I like metal. I like I like hard stuff. I like soft stuff. I like it all. You do, mate. I love that, and that's what I love about you. And uh, we can't wait to see you down here in Australia. It's going to be like what a month, less than a month by the time this. Goes up. Um, more Where are we month. now in the world? <laughs> it's Christmas. Our, man. I, I, our first show is the second of February. That's right. So, and our last show, I believe, is the twenty sixth of February. So, yeah, that's a lot of shows. Yeah, man. In a in a big country where people don't drive, you don't drive <laughs> from cities. It's true. I mean, you drive in the city, but you people don't like tour on buses like they do here you know you don't drive five six hours and get to another city you gotta fly yeah that's and, right uh, <laughs> it's so. a long trip dude it's a long trip but uh mate, i'll be at the gold coast show that's for sure that's my my stomping ground awesome we'll, yeah. we'll see you there for sure yeah man yeah man but until then thanks for joining us on the show again man and uh hey all the best to you and your family for christmas and um we will see you Thank very you. soon Thank Cheers. you a lot. Love you, brother. Thank you. Love you, brother. Thank you, sir.